It's time for the Believer, Unbeliever, and In-Betweener podcast. Join in on the conversation as three friends discuss socially relevant topics in view of biblical truth, where scripture meets skepticism. Welcome your hosts, Stephanie, Michelle, and Cheryl. All right, well, welcome back, listeners, to our show, The Believer, The Unbeliever, and The In-Betweener. Today, we will be discussing the topic of hoarding and disorganization. And to offer us some helpful organizational advice throughout the show, we have a professional organizer joining us today. Her name is is Saskia Ridley, and her company is Outward In Organizing, and you can find her company online at outwardinorganizing.com. Welcome, Saskia, to our show. We're really excited to have you join us today. Yeah, welcome. Hi, thank you so much. I am so happy to have, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're excited. So um, we decided to discuss this topic today because it's something that hits close to home for Cheryl. And we thought we would start the show off today with Cheryl sharing with us some of her family experiences with hoarding. And maybe she can even start us off with defining hoarding for those who may not be familiar with this term. So Cheryl, would you um, be willing to share maybe a definition with us and then some of your family experiences? Sure. And those of you who have no experience with hoarding, good for you. Your life is awesome. Uh, Hoarding is just just a terrible disorder that is very, very hard to understand and uh, deal with loved ones who, who do it. Um, the, one of the official definitions of hoarding that, that I found, it says hoarding disorder is a persistent difficulty discarding or parting with possessions because of a perceived need to save them. A person with hoarding disorder experiences distress at the thought of getting rid of these items. Excessive accumulation of items, regardless of actual value, occurs. And it's important to note the difference between clutter and collecting. Um, hoarding is a whole different ball game, and I and I have a lot of experience with it because I have parents and other family members that um, suffer from this. And I I used to think that it maybe it came from my grandparents being growing up in the depression. And so that was a time when they had to save everything because they had no idea if they'd ever get their hands on food or stuff again. So I'm not sure if maybe that's where, you know, where it kind of started um, when there's a depression era. But since my parents obviously grew up with parents that hoarded because of the depression, that's how they learned it. Sometimes they say it's a learned behavior um, but it, it, it's also, um, something that could, it, it could be a habit you pick up when you're depressed and things like that. And we'll get into that, but, but basically people with hoarding disorder just excessively save everything that most people would look at those items as completely worthless. They're useless. You know, they're broken. Um, they're a hundred years old. They're just it's not even an item you could repurpose. It's just a piece of crap, literally. And the hoarder just for whatever reason just goes into an absolute panic attack if you try to take it away from them. I mean, I, I liken it to, you know, taking the bottle away from an alcoholic or, you know, a safety blanket away from a baby or um, 
something like that. It's just, you would not believe the terror that hoarders feel when you, when you wanna take away and organize their stuff um, or throw things out. And um, we'll get into how it's different than clutter and collecting and things like that. But um, basically hoarder, hoarding uh, I found is, is more common in males. And I know in my family, it's, it's the males that do it. Um, even though of course there are females that do it, but it's more common in males and it's more common in um, adults uh, over 50, like between 50 and 90, I guess up until they die, this is, this is how they die. But um, it tends to be something that you do as you get older, which kind of goes in tandem with, you know, you, you collect more stuff as the years go by anyway. So wouldn't, you know, how would you even notice it? when you're 20 and you don't have anything. Right. 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 So, uh, and, and of course there's massive consequences to hoarding, which can be anything from, um, family strain and, you know, broken relationships to things like fire hazards. And, yeah. you know, you can't even get out of the house because you're buried in your stuff. Um, or it's blocking an exit door because you have so much stuff everywhere. So we're, we're going to get into all that, into this fun conversation. And um, I don't know. I don't know if anyone has anything to share first yeah. be before well, I go on or. Well, what, uh, what, what came to my mind when you mentioned the word uh, depression, you know, that your grandparents went through the depression and perhaps that might have been where some of your family members kind of picked that habit up from. Um, it made me think of my grandparents because they grew up during the depression and I wouldn't say they were hoarders. They were always very clean and very organized, but they kept everything. Like they had a basement and in the basement, I would say my grandparents had an extra one of everything. They had an extra blender, an extra pot, you know, for every type of cooking, like Mm -hmm. They had like a little mini store downstairs. They had an extra refrigerator where, um, you know, and, and I will say that, 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 that trend in our family, I don't know if it's an Italian thing, but everyone I know in my family has an extra refrigerator. And even we do too. It's like, we have an extra refrigerator. Sure. And, and that, I think we got that from my grandparents because they always had an extra refrigerator, an extra pantry where there was always, um, extra. And, and again, to your point, I think that came from that depression um, mentality. So I, I can relate to that. And here's the difference between that and hoarding. There's a blatant dif difference. There's a difference between having, you know, your shampoo bottle out and 20 bottles in the garage, you know, as, as extra. So you can kind of go to your garage store and get them. But with the hoarder, there'll be kind of 20, half used bottles all around the house and kind of nobody knows where they are and can't find them when they need them and goes to the store and gets more because they can't find the other ones. So for example, if I clean out my parent, you know, a, a junk drawer, or if I clean out my parents' kitchen, I'll find 40 can openers or 40, you know, Ooh. something, potato peelers, because they'll go get another one when they can't find the other one, the, the first one. So it's, it's different in the sense that the hoarder is so disorganized that they just kind of have stuff everywhere haphazardly and then you can't find it. So you have to buy another one. 
and then and then what you're saying i'm sorry michelle like it's not the same as as uh storing you know for for having extra (laughs) yeah or or like my grandparents always had like extra sauce downstairs or something right um so but but what you're saying what i'm hearing you say cheryl is um that you know hoarders have this visceral reaction if you try to take away something they have so would that mean that if you if you wanted to get rid of the 40 can openers you found in your parents' uh, kitchen, that even yes. though you can say, well, let's keep five of these and let's get rid of 35 <laughs> right. of them. It would that, be a fight, yes. You couldn't do that. <laughs> right, it would be a fight. So oh. why, like, 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 what's that all about? Have you been able to determine like why? That is, that's the million dollar question because, and that's what's so difficult about this disorder because most people cannot understand what the, you know, what the issue is and why in the world you think, you know, you're going to die if you don't have that 45th can opener, you know, (laughs) it's like OCD. OCD. Yeah. It, it, um, and, and glad that you mentioned OCD because they, it used to not be in the, in the diagnostic and statistical manual, which the, the DSM for, for all you listeners, um, it used to not be in there because it was just sort of a, you know, sort of a bad habit and, and it probably fell under that, you know, sort of codependent or OCD kind of umbrella. Um, but now they have, as of two thir- 2013, they have put it in under OCD. Um, but actually as, as an obsessive compulsive personality disorder. Like not just a bad habit of obsessing, but but it's like a personality disorder. So it is in there now. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so going back with what Stephanie was saying, like why do they even um, you know do things like that? It's although like hoarding doesn't really um, they don't really know the cause behind hoarding, but for the person um, showing the hoarder hoarding behavior like for them when they keep on when they keep those items it's it's like they're they're keeping it for comfort you know they feel safe around things that are dangerous so when you take anything away from them even if you know um you take 35 of those can openers to them it's like it's traumatizing why are you taking stuff you know that that gives me comfort It, it brings me some type of um emotional support if that makes sense yeah, absolutely. It's um, it really boils down to a control issue, which uh, which I'm guessing is why they categorized it under the OCD umbrella. Um, it's a control issue. It's you know maybe they feel completely out of control in other areas of their life, and so mm-hmm. by kind of reigning over this stuff and being able to you know, kind of own it and dominate it and uh, make decisions, you know, about no one else touching it, let's say, um, that gives them a sense of control. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, um, Saskia, what you're mentioning about that feeling of security and safety by having things around them. um, I've actually heard that too, even as it relates to people who tend to be very clutter, cluttery, that they feel safe. It's almost like having friends like their mm-hmm. clutter is almost like their friend. Yeah. Um, and then so when they, and a lot of times people can become anxious when they get in spaces 
that are very open, like Ooh. open space, uh, yes. clean, clean, open, organized mm. space actually can make some of these people go into a full blown panic attack because oh, yeah. they, they feel unsafe. They feel exposed. Yes. Like they need all that clutter to like almost guard them or, or ground them. I don't know. So it's interesting. I, I've it, heard it's that as so well. true. And, Absolutely. and I can give you an example with my, the way my mother travels in a car. Now, maybe you and I would put all our belongings, let's say we're, you know, going to go visit someone for the weekend. We would put all our belongings in, in the trunk or, you know, we pack efficiently. My mother takes everything she's bringing and puts it right in the front seat around her feet and, and sits in a pile of her stuff while she's driving hmm. uh, or while she's the passenger. I'm not saying while she's trying to hit the pedals. <laughs> um, so it's Stephanie, you're right. It's kind of like that. All their, all their crap that they have, like they need to be bathing in it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. 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 So that's and, interesting. And sometimes when you when you think of hoarding, and even though you don't know the the cause of it, but just having a conversation with that person and just going down, you know, like memory lane, sometimes you find that it's from stressful life events, you know. Um, it's something they do that happens. say it comes from traumatic events. Yeah, right. You know, and and those things that they do keep, it's it's not so much of like the amount of items they keep. It's more of like the value they put behind those items. Mm. Yeah. So it's like uh you know a purse or uh you know the can openers. The value that they put behind those can openers might be you know to you it, it might be something that's like okay that is that's not okay that is trash. But for them, it's something serious, you know? Oh, yes. So, right. So, the, I mean, the battles I've had with my parents are just, I mean, it, they would just blow any normal person's mind. I mean, they, because there's, there's such an overinflated sense of worth to these, you know, sort of old cruddy items, you know, mm-hmm. um, I could, if I spilled something on a carpet that was 30 years old with stains all over it, my father might react as if it was a brand new expensive carpet. Mm. Do do you get what I'm saying? Like, Mm. like they just treat garbage as if it's really, really worth valuable. valuable. Yeah. So it's, it's really a bizarre kind of. So I, so it would sound to me, Cheryl, in a situation like you're describing, upgrading or updating the carpet would probably never happen. Right. And that's what happens in this. Wow. House. So it gets really and dirty and old. And For old. our listeners, I, I, I keep saying we or this house because I am visiting my parents right now. So um, mm-hmm. I'm in this house right now. And uh, it takes it takes every ounce of energy for me not to run around and <laughs> reorganize the place, <laughs> but, which I've done, but, uh, you know, I still got to kind of respect their space. Um, but yeah. Um, and, and when we go over the levels of hoarding, there's, there's five levels of hoarding. And when I, when I go over those or when I review them, I see things, um, my, I'll, I'll explain because my parents kind of don't fall in a particular level. They just have scattered things in each level. Um, but uh, certain things like letting things, you know, kind of letting things rot, letting things, you know, not doing maintenance in your house. And then 20 years later, every appliance and, you know, is, is broken and the roof is leaking and, you know, everything's falling apart because they don't, 
they don't maintain. And even, even right now we have, uh, we have structural issues that we're waiting for the insurance to clear and, you know, so we can get moving. And I, I'm telling you, my, it, my parents are acting in a way as if they, as if they love everything kind of being a mess and being falling apart. Like they, it's almost as if they don't want to fix it because they're dragging their feet. And whereas you and I might, you know, if we had a flood in our kitchen, we, we, we wouldn't be able to go out and we, we couldn't wait to go to the store and pick out new countertops and new backsplash and redo it and get it done in a week. My parents took probably a year and a half to finish when they had a flood a few years ago. They probably took a year and a half to, to fix it. And, and is that because parting with the old stuff was so hard? I, I think so. And, and, oh, a big piece of it is, um, which is a, a big problem with codependency is not being able to make decisions. So they get overwhelmed when they have to go to a store and pick out a new item. So they can't make a decision. Like first they can't make a decision yeah. of what to do with the old item. And then they can't make a decision on how to pick out a new item. You know, you bring up a good point with that, making a decision. And Saskia, I'm sure you could weigh in on this as well. But that's what I've learned about organizing is that people who are disorganized or tend tend towards clutter is they oftentimes have an underlying decision-making issue because organization is all about being able to make quick decisions fast, right? Yeah. So yeah, um, definitely those people do have um, like a decision-making problem and so as a if you're if you're helping that person um organize their home so as an organizer when i'm helping anyone with those um with that issue i use this thing called only handle it once and that is really helpful for anyone not just people with hoarders but it's like if i have the item in front of you um as the person helping you the professional helping you i'm presenting the item to you I'm asking you questions and the minute you give me an answer I place that item based on where you know categorize it where it needs to go so if that item needs to go in the trash I ask you the question I talk you through it it goes in the trash put it in the trash and as soon as we are done I take those items out of your sight that way you don't even get the chance to go back to them and pull them back out because with anyone um, having difficulty making those decisions, if you leave any item in front of them that that's not supposed to be there in the first place, they're going to go back in it and bring it back inside. Yeah. You know, um, the minute you step away, you may not even know about it. And then you come back to their home, you know, at a different time and you see that item and you're thinking, wait, did I do that item away in the first place? You know, where'd that come um, from? Yeah. Exactly. So it's, you, you have to get to a place where, okay, I have to handle this item one time. And for them, they're not able to do it on their own. They need yeah. the help um, because they can't make that decision. So someone literally has to be there with them, helping them, guiding them through that process and making sure that those items get um, to the places that they need to go. Yeah. Saskia, you are describing this house that I'm in right now, because when I help my parents, when I, when I make them commit to a day that we're going to go through the garages and they have, by the way, the, they have an attached garage to the house, like most people Mm -hmm. do, but they also have a detached uh, on the side of the house, two car garage, both are two car garages. The detached one is filled to the brim with crap. And the attached one is filled with um, what they call a goat trail. There's just a trail from the 
you know, from the door to the door, you know, that you could just walk through, but on either side of you are things piled up. Now, when I have them commit to going through it, basically what happens, as you just said, I might drag something to the curb. And then when I, then as I'm working, I'll see my dad will go to the curb, bring it back. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and that's another thing. Um, something that will be helpful for you next time is once you put that thing, you know, to the curb, having a, a company come and pick up whatever it is that needs to be picked up while you're there. Because like you said, even stepping away or going to the store to pick up something is, is kind of a dangerous thing yep. and leaving them to always go back to that. So if, if someone is already there picking it up for you, as you put them on the side, they have no other option, but to let it go at that point, you know? Good yep. point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Michelle, what do you think about some of this? Um, any, anything that you can relate to? Uh huh. I, yeah, I definitely could relate to a lot of that. Um, yeah, I, uh, I guess I fall in the clutter section and I do have trouble um, making a decision of what do I do with it? So I wind up, that's why the clutter's there because I don't know what to do with it. So I put it in a drawer and it's funny, I, I sent Cheryl the picture of my drawer. <laughs> yesterday (laughs) I'm like I'm on my way over (laughs) (laughs) um it's yeah and I still I I did this yesterday empty the drawer it's empty I have all the clutter in a garbage bag but it's still sitting by the drawer because I haven't gone through the bag yet and Mm. I know I'm going to clutter it back up and I um yeah, I kind of, I, I do, I, cl- I have clutter everywhere, little piles of clutter in drawers. I like to put it in drawers. There are things on top, I, on my dresser, I, I do that too. I clean it out and then it clutters up again. But what I do is I don't throw out. I put them in a bin and I stick the bin under my bed. <laughs> so I yeah. clean the clutter so you don't see it, but it's definitely, um, oh, hold on one second. My husband's phone is you just relocated it. I just, <laughs> right. exactly. I, re, I do that. I relocate. And you just I, gave it a new address. Right. I, <laughs> I did. And, and I get, and I relate, I can relate to the safety. I, I, I feel like um, it gives me a sense of security. It does. It's like, and, and you're right. And open spaces do make me feel anxious. I yeah. do. I, I, I feel like naked. I feel like when naked. Yeah, yeah. Just like mm-hmm. overwhelmed. It's um. Yep which was like a scary place for me. And uh, like when I go to your house, sometimes your house is so open and clean. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, like, I can't breathe in here. (laughs) Homey enough. It's not homey enough. Stephanie, your house is so uncomfortable because it's so nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but yeah, so for me, I I mean, not that I enjoy looking at the clutter, like I'm looking at my room right now and it's embarrassing. If people come over, it's like I shut my door. I'm like, you don't want to go in there, but. So I do have, um, I just don't know. I have a hard time with throwing it away. So that's the, that's the point. I'm not, a, I don't think I'm a classified hoarder because I'm looking at the level. I think I'm a level one, but um, I do have an issue with throwing it out because I'm always, there's a fear there that I may need it. <laughs> one day I may need it and it's going to cause so much anguish that I had it and it's not here anymore. For me, it, it would, it just really is painful. And, you know, um, if, if I can offer t- two tips that um, I, ha- I have found through the years helpful is um, 
One is the six month rule. And Saskia, I don't know if you utilize this rule too, but we call mm. it the six month rule where like two, yeah, ten years. Yeah. If, <laughs> if you <laughs> it can't be a decade rule. <laughs> yeah, right. It, not not a 10-year rule. No, uh, but uh but uh, and look, and I guess I guess different people can set their own comfortable timeline. Like maybe six month rule works for me, maybe a 12 month rule will work better for someone else. It, it doesn't matter. But the point is, is whatever it is, we use the six month rule that whether it's clothes or items, you know, we ask ourselves in the next six months, do we think we will really use this? If the answer is no, then it goes into one of two places, goodwill or trash. If it's unusable, then it will go in the trash. If it's usable. Uh, and this is the other tip I wanted to share. And I learned this from my husband, actually. He said, um, look, if we're not going to use it and it's usable, give it to someone who can use it. So it becomes its purpose, its, its usability can be functional for someone. Like in other words, if it's just going to sit in our closet, why don't we give it to someone who like will repurpose. use it? Sure. Repurpose. Yeah. So I, I kind of yeah. like that way of thinking that, um, so that and instead that's not, of that's not even repurposed because it's still you're going to give it to someone for the same purpose. It's mm. just that you don't particularly like using that item, whereas someone might use it every day. Exactly. Right. right. And, and I, I always like the way he phrased that, you know, it's like if you're not going to use it, let someone else use it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's so true. And, and those are really um, like important tips that you just give um, there, Stephanie. Like the six, I usually like to give a six months to a year, you know, like if you have an item, okay, have you touched this item in the past six months or have you worn this, you know, shirt in the past year? And if your answer is a no, then, then we go into, okay, then why do you feel the need to still keep this item here? You know? And like you said, Michelle is, it's really having like, um, when you declutter those, you know, your drawer or whatnot you don't really know what to do with those items that you removed out of the drawers. So it's like, you put them back there. You know, it's not that you will hoarder. It's, it's more like, right, you okay, just I don't, don't know what to, what to do. do. Exactly. So you, you really yeah. just need, um, you know, you need help knowing where those items go, what to do with those items, where to place them, finding a home for them. And once you do have um, that, I- an idea of what to do with them, then, you know, you will find yourself getting rid of, you know, clutter and living a more, um, like, you know, clutter-free life. And so um, one thing that I, you know, like Stephanie mentioned, having, like setting up stations also, like in your house, in your in your room, saying, okay, this is for keep donating trash and recycle. And you can even have a station where you, you have clothes that you sell, you know? Um, so it's, it's like whatever items, yeah, whatever items that you don't need, um, you know, after you ask yourself those few questions, and if, you're, if your answer is a no to all of them, like, do I still like this item? <laughs> Why do I want to keep it? Have I worn it? Do I have any use for it in the future? If those answers are no, then it's like, okay, I can either sell this item if it is in good condition and or I can donate it. And for someone who's not able to, you know, make decisions on the spot, like you mentioned, then really like calling, a, you know, a, a place where like a Goodwill, you know, having a donation person come pick those items up for you will be really helpful. I have a question. What is it called when, okay, I have, and this is going to be a little embarrassing, but I have, I, I haven't counted them recently, but at, at least 25 to 30 backpacks. Wow. <laughs> I have, and, I have, 
are, are you plan are you planning to go hiking in Europe anytime soon? <laughs> With 20 of your closest friends. <laughs> right. Maybe I'll you're planning a hiking trip with a <laughs> bunch of friends. But how about if I have I purses like wallets i have at least 50 wallets why that's called a fetish i'm just kidding i'm just kidding okay. what i do so, like i collect things and i, and I go, and I go right. back to the store i see something that i love i love the color i have the same darn like let's, almost the michelle same. let's define collecting collecting <laughs> means they're valuable and you just and you proudly display them <laughs> My chest, I have a chest by my bed. I have them stuffed in, in a chest in my bed. I don't even get to see them. If, if you close the door and you're embarrassed, it's not a collection. <laughs> no, it, it no longer becomes a collection. Now you're 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 just you're collecting oh clutter. More, you know, oh I'm a clutter collector. That's it. That's what it is. My so I have an illness called the clutter collection. <laughs> what, what do I do? <laughs> so, um, for you, Michelle, like are you able to even see those items that you have I mean like if I open up my chest I can look at them and my like I have a, a a wooden chest by my bed and that's where they all are stored it's like, like a squirrel <laughs> right <laughs> that makes me so, think of like right. a squirrel like and I have given I give them a I'd... couple because you know what it is I go to I go to Goodwill I do I go shopping at Goodwill and I see like Vera Bradley's okay so but they're cheap you know Vera Bradley's expensive here I am. Why do I have like seven Vera Bradley bags? It's like seven. And every time I go to a store, I see another one. I grab it. It's like I just buy them and I don't even use oh. them. So when you <laughs> ask yourself those questions, oh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. Um, when you ask yourself those questions, like, what do you come up with? Like, why do I have those bags and why do I need them? Like, yeah. What do you think? What, what comes to your mind when you ask yourself that question? Well, I say it's a Vera Bradley. I look at the I look at the <laughs> value of what they are. You know, like I'll be like, yeah. I, I can't get rid of the Vera Bradley. And Stephanie, your mom gave me a really nice bag that she was throwing away because it had like a it was ripped or something. I took it. I have it. I never used it, but I have it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I have and it I, because and I'm me. thinking to myself, who's Vera Bradley? <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I, I know all the designer names. I keep it for the name. I don't, mm. you know, it's like I just have them because of the name and I know what they're worth. So it's like I have to have them because I got them for $4 and I know that in the store they're like $100. And I'm like, I got it for yeah. four. Oh, for Michelle, nothing. Michelle, I could totally relate. And, <laughs> and I have, I have two tips I can offer. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is what I do. And this is what I encourage my parents to do, even though I can't force them to do anything. But one tip is um, certainly if it's something like a drawer full of crap, Mm. when you sit down at night to watch a movie or whatever, put the drawer in front of you, you know, Mm. dump it out. And as you're watching the show, you know, go through the things and really make decisions about them. And, you know, and that's when you get into the movie, but but that's one way to kind of address, you know. Uh, a drawer full of crap, let's say. And the second thing I want to say about things like designers or nostalgia, you know, you don't like, even if you have a six month rule where I, don't, I haven't touched this thing in, you know, six months or five years, if it really means something to you in terms of, in terms of um, bringing back nostalgia, like, you know, he, oh, here's a report I wrote when I was in second grade and look at how stupid it is, or, you know, whatever the nostalgia or, for me, um, 
what, what just triggered this thought, Michelle, what you were saying is I have clothes from my twenties that are like Dolce and Gabbana and Ooh, Versace and, you know, keep it, you know, and I'm like, I'm never throwing those out or giving them away. Right. They, first of all, they were extremely expensive. And secondly, they bring back awesome memories for me, mm-hmm, yeah. but the difference is I can put all those in a box and store them in my garage or something like they don't have to take up space in my living space. Mm-hmm. And that's the Mm. difference. So if you decide that an item is really, you know, yes, you don't use it, but I don't want to get rid of it because it's important to me. And I mean, true nostalgia, not, not assigning worth to something that's completely worthless, Mm -hmm. but true nostalgia, put all that stuff in a box and keep it. That's fine. But Mm. store it away instead of having it kind of like all over the place and interrupting your life. I think that's Mm. the difference. I have a lot of that with mail too. Like I have trouble throwing away, like I have stacks of papers and just things like I'm looking at it right now. And it's like, why is that even there? And I, and Ooh, the I'm paper like, thing drives me oh, nuts. That is annoying. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, you're not going to read a newspaper from five years ago. No, not a newspaper, just paper, just, just mail, <laughs> just like just papers. I have, yeah. I don't, not, not the newspaper. I don't collect that. I just have papers. I just have like, like stacks of papers, mail or, um, I don't even know what those papers are, but I just know that if I don't know where to put them, I stack them in, the, in, in different areas. Like, oh, I'll get to yeah. that later. I'll get to that later. I never get to it. It's been sitting here for like, yeah. who knows how many years. I just haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> and we just yeah. keep piling it up. There's an yeah. old story that's called it, about the Collier brothers. I think it's C-O-L-L-I-E-R, Collier mm-hmm. brothers. And I grew up with this story which is the Collier brothers were two men, two brothers that lived together and they were hoarders and they ended up creating a house where everything was just filled with newspapers and whatever to the point where they were building tunnels to get from one room to another. And eventually one died because he got crushed under you know a pile oh, of bags. No. oh geez <laughs> and my family joke was always like oh you guys look like the collier brothers oh or wow. wow so you know it's a it's a serious issue yeah. you know you can't even get out sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah wow yeah um for for michelle um with the with the purses you know those tips, those tips that Cheryl gave are great, but with you, you also do it with other things too, like newspapers and just, just everything in general. So Mm -hmm. if it was, if it was just, you know, the, the designer bags and it would be like, okay, we don't really necessarily have to get rid of all of them. Maybe we can, um, if you have seven of them, we can see the one that you are least um, attached to, then maybe we could get rid of those. And then the ones that you do really feel an attachment to that you really love, then you know we can definitely store them somewhere and put them away. That way, they don't have to be in your your um, your mm. area of living. But it's it goes beyond just not knowing what to do with everything else and that you mm. come in contact with, you know. Um, and knowing where to put things are really important. And having someone there also helping you and help you to stay focused is that is that another thing for you? Like, are you ha- do you have a, a problem at times staying focused when you're telling yourself that you're gonna get through like a, a pile of Oh yeah. Sometimes I do. I have uh, issues with CSA. I I go, I do like 17 million things all at once. Like I'll be starting something. I'll be sorting through, because this happened to me yesterday. I'm, I'm sorting through my drawer, let's say, take everything out. And then all of a sudden, for some reason, it's like squirrel and I go someplace else. 
And then all of a sudden <laughs> I'm finding myself doing something over here and I've left that pile there. And then I go, I start, I do different projects all at once. I do the laundry, then I go out, I do things. And then like right now I still have a, a pile that hasn't been sorted through yet. Just, That's your way of avoiding the finality of decision-making. Mm. Right, okay. right. Hmm. Yeah, definitely staying focused um, is an important thing when you when you go into the clutter because if not, like you said, you're just going to keep, you know, having a whole bunch of other piles, you know, mm -hmm. all over the house and yeah. never getting through to them. Yeah. Hmm. Well, guys, I wanted to share... Uh, something interesting I discovered because I, I, since I thought I was such an expert on hoarding, when I, when I looked at the levels um, prior to looking at this list, I would think that, I, I guess I would have categorized my parents as a, as a category three or a level three, which is in the middle because there's levels one through five. And when I look at the official criteria for the different levels of hoarding, I really never, I, I always looked at it as the amount of stuff, you know, so maybe level one is a little clutter. Oh yeah. Like, I see what you mean. Yeah. Like, like, you know, just a bunch of stuff and, you know, a room is packed, yeah. but I really had no idea about how much um, these levels include rodents and bugs and, you know, feces and r real disgusting Eek. You know, I, I really had no idea that it was, you know, I think we all know the show on A&E, the hoarders show where you see people living like that, where you're, where they're literally like climbing over piles mm. of trash and bugs are running around, you know, bugs and, oh, and rodents are running around. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know that uh, to me, that was level five, mm. um, but I had no idea the other levels included it. And um, what I would say about my personal experience is that since my father is mainly the hoarder, but because my mother is here and my mother has OCD disinfectant cleanliness type issues, um, it kind of works out where everything here is clean in terms of disinfectant and, you know, and, and, um, washed and scrubbed and, you know, obviously no bugs, no rodents. I'm, I'm not talking about that here at all. It's just stuff. But if my mother wasn't here, I guarantee you that if my father was alone, yeah. it would be that way. Um, and mm -hmm. we have an uncle, my father's brother, who actually, who does live alone. And we did have to remove him from his home. And he's in a rehab right now while um, other family members had had to go and hire companies to clean out, you know, throw out everything because there were bugs and everything and disgusting. Um, an exterminator had to come three times to get rid of it, you know, get rid of every last bug. Um, and that's exactly how my father's side of the family would live if they didn't have women cleaning up after them. So I'm just going to leave that at that. Yeah, Cheryl, and you bring up a good point. You know, there is a difference between being clean and being organized. And there are people that are really organized, but dirty, or the other way around. They're really organ. Um, they're um, not, what would be the opposite of that? I forgot what I just said. But uh, they're two separate things. You can be really, you can be really organized and, and dirty. Great or you point. Can, 
Yeah. Or you could be really clean and disorganized. Yeah. Everything could be in its place, but you never wash it. Right. You never wash it. Right. There can be tons of clutter, but it's all um, filthy or yeah. The opposite. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that that would be something too for, for all of us to ask ourselves, you know, is it organized and is it clean? Because we can't leave one out. You can't say, oh, well, everything's in its place, but then you never take bleach to anything or sweep the floor, right? Yeah. It's like, it has to be clean and organized. Um, so, so you but saying- I think we tend to, to, to kind of sway to one side or the other. Like I know personally, I'm more organized than I am. Like I'll put things away more than I would scrub it. That, you know, I just, I lean a certain way. I would think people tend to be one or the other, not necessarily both, unless... I mean, some people are, I'm sure Stephanie, you are, but um, I would think most people go like kind of obsess about one or the other, right? What, what do you think? I don't know, Saskia, what, what are your Saskia, thoughts on that? What do, you, what do you, what do you see? Um, yeah, honestly, definitely. I, I've seen both. I've seen um, people who are one and not the other. And I've, and I've seen people who are, you know, both at the same time. I would say that I'm both, like I'm, I love cleaning, keeping things clean. And also I love organizing, making sure that everything have a home and everything is in order. But I grew up in a, in a home where my, my parents, my mom, especially, she's very clean. I mean, everything has to be like clean and just spotless, but as far as order goes and organizing, she's not, she doesn't know how to do that. She, she's not really good with that. So it's like, you can walk into the home and everything looks nice and clean, but once you open, um, you know, a cabinet or a drawer, then everything just starts, you know? So I have definitely seen both sides. Yes. Yeah. I think that I, I may fall into that because I'm not organized, but I am clean. I, I do. I mean, I don't move things. I, I do sweep around things you know so I don't know but it's still presentable people like if I know someone right now if somebody knocks on my door I'd be embarrassed but if I know someone's coming to my house then that's where I everything's clean you know or like put in you know not in order I just stick them in a drawer that's why I have that junk drawer but it looks clean (laughs) but uh, yeah but a quick question I was gonna say my son though I'm noticing that he's 23 years old and his room is a pig size that like I almost see him being a hoarder. He doesn't clean. He eats in his room. He leaves the dishes there. The cups are left in there. He does. He, he's just dirty. And the kid is—is is that a normal twenty-three-year-old thing? Nothing is organized. His clothes are all over the floor. He doesn't even know if he's putting on clean clothes. Literally, he just—he's just dirty. <laughs> he's now. Is that like something I need to worry about? Is he gonna? Is this just a a boy thing or? So, is he on his way to becoming a hoarder? I don't know. The the thing I would say about that is, I mean, well, growing up with brothers, I definitely say that is def- you know a, a, oh. a boy thing. <laughs> they they do that, you know. Um, mm. But it, I wouldn't say to worry about it, you know, about him becoming a hoarder. You know, um, it's it's kind of you know, although at at that age you can start noticing a few signs of hoarding. Mm. But it's, it's definitely something that you can get a hold of. It's mm. definitely something that can be worked on, you know, like mm. starting right now, you know, um, with you leading by example, um, getting to a point where you can get your home organized. And yes, it's clean, but getting it to, you know, having order in your home 
will also help him to have a sense of what order looks like because he may not know what order looks like. He may know what cleaning looks like, but he doesn't know what it means to be, you know, organized and having mm. things in the right places. So just seeing that, you know, and, and seeing that example would definitely help him have an idea. Mm. You live in Florida? It, do you live in Florida? <laughs> I do live you. in Florida. <laughs> okay. Yes, I do. You may may have a client. I I do. I do offer, um, you know, virtual services. Okay. I will be giving you a a call. (laughs) I I forgot to include, um, you know, with, with collecting and clutter, there's also being a slob and that's also different than hoarding, you know, so yeah. uh, You know, just being lazy and not wanting to pick up after yourself is a different, it's also Mm. different hoarding. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And that's an interesting distinction, Cheryl, because a lot of times I think people may associate people who are disorganized with being lazy. And I think that what we're seeing here is that it's not that you're lazy. It's that they have an issue with either control or they have an issue with decision-making rather than they're lazy, which is not really what it is. Well, lazy would come from, you know, if someone else is always picking up after me, then I don't have to do it. That would be lazy. But yeah, I don't pick up after. We're him. talking about today is different. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't go in his room. His room. I. I you can get yeah. hurt in his room. <laughs> it's a hazard. <laughs> well, I mean, look, teenagers and you know, early twenties. Uh, you know, they can be like that, and maybe it's hard to distinguish. Yeah, I, I, that's not my domain. <laughs> and yeah, but that, but that is that is a good point. You know, if yeah. if children grow up in a home where let's say the, the mom, probably more likely than the dad, is following the kid around, always doing everything for him or her, sure. then that child doesn't learn how to organize themselves, clean for themselves, and I've then their that. own. Yeah. You know, so that, that, that's another thing to consider. For my parents. fault. Definitely my fault. I've done that. I've always picked up after them and always done everything mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. So it's more, it's more like the habit, you know, um, creating the habits for, mm. for him and him now creating his own habits of, mm. you know, not picking up after himself and just getting things organized. So for him, I'll, I'll definitely say it's more of a habit. Absolutely. Yeah. That, I would agree with that. Because too. people need to learn, you know, children need to learn that things don't magically disappear. Like someone yeah. picking it up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but hey, guys, just to shift a little bit, um, given the time frame that we have left, I, I think we originally intended to go through the distinctions of level one through five. But I, I would suggest that we leave our listeners to kind of look, you know, if they need to look up the exact details of that for themselves, because it's right there, Google it, you know, you can get some distinct definitions of, of what level you're on, why don't we move into, you know, ha- more about how to help, how to stop this, how to, how to, how to support a, a person, you know, that, that does this. Let's, let's talk about, you know, how to move forward with these people. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah. Unless anyone had a, a, any other thoughts? Well, well, I would say the only other thought I, that I wanted to share was that organization also transcends just our environment. So when we think about, are we organized and what areas of our life do you need more organization that we, we also want to look at things like our finances um, or maybe even our calendar system. 
you know, a person may not have clutter in their house, but maybe their finances are a hot mess, you know? So I think organization, and I, and I, I like what Saskia said, you know, I heard the word healthy habits and how, you know, healthy habits carry over into all areas of our life, but so do bad habits. So um, I don't know if anybody wants to share um, anything as it relates to other areas of our life being out of order. Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, Any hoarder I know, my parents and family, um, same thing. Finances are a mess, you know, calendars are a mess. Like there's just, there's no organization anywhere else. I mean, you're, you're, that's a good point that you just made. There's just, you know, it's sort of the, the mind is disorganized. It's not, yes. Yes. It shows up in the stuff around the house, but it's really at the end of the day, the mind is disorganized. Yep. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, can't keep traffic of bills. Can't, you know, can't just, just can't make things happen. Yeah. That's and uh, it's, it's out of, being out of control. You know? Yeah. And, yeah, and, and that's why saving all the stuff is like the one place they can be in control. And, and I like what you said, Cheryl, too, that it's a reflection of the mind. And, and I remember back in the day when I was reading books on organization, they would say that a lot that like, our external environment is a reflection of what's going on internally inside of us in our minds or maybe even in our emotional body so it's so true and, and think i think yeah i think it is so true that you um like how think about how clear your mind is when your house is clean or right. you know if you're trying to work at your desk how how much better do you work when your desk is clear rather than when there's like a thousand papers all over it I mean, yeah. And, and I don't know about you guys, but I know I also feel more creative when I have a clean, organized environment. Like I think better. I, I would agree with that, Cheryl. Um, I've noticed that too. And um, I'm more creative when there's free space around. Yeah, I agree. Same. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with you guys. And, and that's one of the reasons why I came up with um, my company name, Outward and Organizing, because you know, although the organizing, it comes, you know, what you feel on the inside, like you mentioned, Cheryl, it, it really reflects the outside, but also like when your environment is, it's clean and it is clutter free, it's organized inside, internally, you feel so much better. You're able to function better. You you find that you have more peace and, and joy. You can go about life, you know, feeling very um, in control of certain things and certain situations in your life. So I, I definitely agree with that. And if we're if we're to talk about this organization, um, I think for someone to even before they can even get organized, they have to understand why they became disorganized, like the cause of it. You know, was it a situation that happened? Was it a you know just habits that they created through life, or it could have been just you know social pressure and you know amongst other things. So understanding the why to um, the disorganized in the home would really help the person, um, you know, get to a point where they can now see what they need to work on. Because, you know, like we mentioned, it's not just about getting the environment clean. It's also about your finances, everything else have to carry, it have to carry over. So understanding the why I would say is a big part. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, I, although that's, imp- of course, Saskia, that's important. 
I just I just know that a lot of people, a lot of listeners might, might be saying, you know, they're not going to go that deep, right? They may right. not dive there, right? Um, of course, they need to know. Yeah, and, and if I can share something to piggyback on what you're saying there, Saskia, I've helped two people in my life. One, one was a, a male get his uh, finances organized, and then one was my, my mother. She had asked me for help organizing aspects of her house. And with both individuals, um, you know, we spent a couple days getting them up and running, organized and all set. Within a month, it was all back to where it started. Mm-hmm. And that, that showed me right there that it's not about just yeah. establishing them because if the habits are not there, if the systems are not in place, if there's no ability to maintain, it just goes right back. 1,000%. Right. 1,000%. And every quarter in my family, same thing. If Even if we send a company in and clean them out and, and send them back into the home and it's nice and clean, a week later, it's the same yeah. way. I mean, if, yeah. so it's not about they don't know how to clean. It's, it's about I need this stuff around me. You know, it's that's why it's a disorder, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. See, and that's like with the clutter, same thing. Like I'll yeah. clean off my dresser like I did the other day and I feel so good that it's clean. It's already starting. It's already starting to get cluttered again. Same thing with my drawer. I just unloaded it yesterday, but I find myself opening the drawer to throw something in it and I have to stop. So I guess what is, I guess that's what it is. Maybe I have to stop and think before I, I throw it back on, right. on Let's the into that. I mean, yeah. and, and Saskia can help me out here, but um, there, there, there are, he, here's what I do when I, when I get my parents to commit to a day or a weekend that we're going to clean out the garages and, and Saskia, you can, you can support me on this and see if you have different, different views. Um, but what I do is I make sure we're going to drag everything out. This isn't about that you kind of walk into your garage and pick up an item. No, everything's coming out. Everything's going on the lawn. Every single thing. You don't think about it at that point. You drag everything out. And then as as Saskia said, now you pick up an item and you have to make a decision. And you can say with your hoarders, like what I do with my parents is I say, I say, let's, let's determine three buckets. You know, this is keep, you know, this is something I use. This is something I, I don't, even if it's an, I don't know, you can't have an, I don't know bucket, but it could be a, um, maybe we're getting rid of this. Maybe we're not. It's okay to have different buckets. You can't have an, I don't know bucket because you, because everything will go in the, I don't know bucket, but you have to have a, Maybe I won't use this anymore. Maybe this is trash. Because there's a difference between trash, like actual garbage, because that pile will come. But there'll also be a trash in terms of, eh, there's really nothing anyone could do with this product. You know, it's a useless product. So what I do is I'll, I'll make a pile of that and I'll let them. See, one of the things you have to do with them is let them feel in control. They're very worried about people taking their stuff. So what I do is I help them make piles 
and I'll say, here's a pile of things I don't think you need, but you're, you're free to go through it and make decisions about it. It helps them to kind of compartmentalize. I mean, what do you think, Saskia? I think that is a great idea, actually. You know, having that, um, letting them know that they are in control of their own stuff, you know, yeah. before doing any of this and, and having those, um, those different piles. Um, the only thing is um, having a maybe pile or a maybe trash pile when you do go back to it, you know, you can't let them go back to it on their own, of course. So when you go yeah. back to it with them, it's asking them the question and, uh, you know, seeing if maybe this time they change their mind and have a, like a straight answer, because you, you also have to go back to the only handling it once because they're not able to make decisions. So if they weren't able to make yeah. the decision, you know, in the first place, going back to it the second time can also trigger you know, feelings of, I definitely don't want to get rid of this. I definitely want to, you know, keep this with me. So That's having like, you know, having a firm, but yet also loving, um, understanding, you know, with them, it's like, okay, I understand this is how you feel. And I, and, you know, I understand this is, you know, the value that you have for this item, but we're going to have these, these um, stations where it's either you keep this, this goes in the trash, just donate, you know, you having those different things because the maybe one, it would, it would always be like, yeah, maybe I don't want to. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. And so you have to have definitive buckets before you start, right? Yes. You have to, yes. because again, you, you, you can't, you can't allow the hoarder to think you're going to take over and throw things out and get rid of things and organize their house. Right. They need to make remain in control. So what you need to say to them early on is here are the buckets. Like, let's agree on what buckets we're going to create. But of course there can't be an, I don't know bucket. There right. has to be a, you know, this is useful. We use this or this is trash. Mm-hmm. And that in between stuff needs to have a designated bucket and and maybe you can negotiate maybe you know sometimes I say to my father okay you know here's 20 I'm gonna make a pile of 20 things I think are useless let's negotiate you're allowed to keep two out of every 10 useless items I find like let's make an agreement that you can still keep two piece of crap things and I get to throw away eight like in other words, if you agree on a negotiation, they feel like they're part of the solution. Right. What do you think of that? No, that is, that's a great idea. They really do want to feel like they're part of this. The last yeah. thing you want to do is go in and, and organize for them too. Right. You they, know, hate you, you don't, they hate that. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. And you also don't want to, you know, start, you know, like you guys mentioned before, if you are the one organizing for them and they don't know they don't like the emotional aspect of things. Yeah. They, they have not worked on that yet. Um, things because are just their biggest fear is that you're throwing it out behind their back. That's what I right right. Sense. And they, they will just bring more stuff in yeah. because yeah. we never sat down to really talk about what you know the the real cause of it or how it happened or or how we can get past it or the goals or just even asking them before decluttering like what is your goal you know. Um, for for your home like what's your goal for your life and well, they don't have a goal trust me they don't have a goal they're like right but when, I die, the goal- when I die someone else is going to clean this up that's their goal <laughs> right but for for you before you even ask that question that's what I was uh, mentioning having you know getting the help with the mental the emotional part 
So once that is, you know, established, once you you're able to get them help, because with with anyone, family members, you know, going through this um, situation, organizing for them or helping them organize is not going to cut it. It's yeah. not, you know, you have to um, be able to get them help, um, you know, and sometimes they may be reaching out to a therapist, you know, someone who can actually sit down and, and have a talk with them because emotionally you may not be able to handle that all by yourself. You know, yeah. having help is, is really yeah. big with dealing with hoarders, having a, a mental health, um, you know, specialist, having someone who is specialized in cleaning out a hoarder's home and, or even having cleaning crew coming in, you know, all the, just having a team around you, a team of experts to really help you walk through it. Um, is, is a big thing. So once, once the therapist is able to sit down with them and, and going through that, then you can get in the process of decluttering and organizing their home, you know, but in, until you, you're able to, to get the, the mental part, the, the emotional part, um, you know, in order, then everything else is just, it, it may not stick. Yeah, as, as you said, you can come in and organize, but a week later, it's going to be right back Right. Because it's a mental disorder, it's, you know, it's not about, it's not about the stuff. And, mm-hmm. and some of the advice I've gotten dealing with my parents is, is focus more on the person and less right. on the stuff. Exactly. So you've got to address them and their emotional attachment, not, you know, not run around the house going, this is a piece of shit. This is a piece of shit. Let's get rid of it. Like you can't mm-hmm. focus on the stuff because that stuff is valuable to them. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, um, continuing on, thank you guys. You both shared some really helpful information there as it relates to hoarders. Um, As we get ready to wrap up the show, is there anything else any of us can share with listeners in terms of tips, like to your point, Cheryl, like anything else that we found maybe even as a best practice yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would definitely say you, you've got to, you've got to let the person, the hoarder, know that you, you have to have massive empathy. Let me, let me put it that way. You have to, you have to give them massive empathy that you understand that they're totally attached to this item. So you can't, when you're going through the garage, you can't be like, ugh, you know, ugh, this is a piece of trash. How could you be attached to this? Like you're totally offending them when you do that. So you have to be like, I understand. And that's why I make piles. You know, I I assure my dad, I'm not throwing any of your stuff away. I will make a pile of things I believe are useless, but I'll let you go through it later. And then we we can decide, you know, we can negotiate. That's what I said before. We can negotiate if you think, you know, you got to keep two out of 10, you know, things like that. Um, I, I, you have to be really sensitive to, you know, it's like taking a bottle from an alcoholic. It's that kind mm-hmm. of thing. You, you can't rip, rip the bandaid off so fast with them. Saskia, what do you think? Oh, I have advice. Go ahead, Michelle. Can I give my okay. advice real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead. I would say to them, you came into this world with nothing and you will be leaving this world with nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to throw uh, if they're believers, <laughs> you have to throw that in. Uh, that that's, my, that's my two cents. Yeah. That's funny. 
Um, well, first thing I would say is um, for for anyone who have loved ones that are going through this is educating yourself um, on hoarding. You know, don't just go in and like Cheryl said, you know, having empathy um, and trying to understand when, when you start educating yourself and really learning what that is and, and how to deal with it, then you will be able to, um, you know, have empathy with them and just, just really help them. And also, like, I would say not to label the person um, who's demonstrating those behaviors as hoarder, you know, Um, instead label the behavior itself instead of the person, because you, the, the last thing you want to do is offend them. Oh, that's Um, a good one. You know? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) And also just taking a step back for yourself and seeing if um, not, not accusing yourself, of course, but just, just taking a step back and ask yourself, like, am I doing anything to um, help that person um, hoard more stuff, you know, keep more stuff into their home? So if, if you know, like um, your parent, they love collecting or having a whole bunch of magazines, like, are you, you know, every month subscribing to a magazine and saying, oh, dad, this is something that I think you might like and giving it to them. You know what I'm saying? Just just taking that step back and saying, am I doing anything to, you know, help with that? Or am I am I doing anything to like, you know, you know, kind of put an end to it? Or, you, know? you know, am I clearing out space so that they have more space to add more junk? Right. Right. Enabling. Yeah. <laughs> And, and also, I would say to not work alone when it comes to, I mean, if it's someone who is just, you know, um, love to have clutter, um, let's take Michelle, for example, if it's, you know, Michelle, you know, I would say, okay, you could have someone helping you. But if, if you're dealing with a hoarder, I would definitely say to get, you know, other people, like I was saying earlier, you know, just a group of people to, um, that you can trust, like first starting with a, a therapist, you know, and really helping out with that and, and just getting someone who is knowledgeable and, and how to clean out a hoarder's home and, and setting up systems. So like when you, when you do have an organizer come into your home or helping out, um, of course, while your parent is working with a therapist, they would help setting up systems for them that they will be able to maintain. Yeah. You know, so because you can be a, a person who is clean and someone who loves organizing, but if you don't have a system in your home, things will go back the way that they were or even worse, because now you don't know what to do with anything. So yeah. having a system set up in place for them will be very useful, but it ha- it would have to be with um, while they're getting help with, you know, the mental part those two, you know, kind of have to go with, you know, with each other, because if not, then it's like, okay, all the effort that the organizer put in or you put in yourself, you know, it would just go back to what it used to be. And it will create more frustration on you as the loved one, you know, because it's like, man, everything I try to do, nothing is working. And that's because, you know, you have to allow the person, the whole, you know, that is experiencing that disorder to, want to get help you know you have to give them the space to say you know like okay I need I actually see dirt and that's the thing they don't see the problem so you see the problem right right you see the problem with your parent so it's like you have to um have that balance of okay I, I'm going to give them space but at the same time I'm going to have recommendations of you know people they can see or I'm going to bring them to someone or go with them to you know like someone that can help them with the emotional part 
Yeah. And, you know, it certainly becomes a boundary issue because people, you know, people don't want to come over and visit my parents' house because it's a mess and there's nowhere to sleep and what, you know, people don't want to come and they'll be like, Oh, Mm. no one loves us. No one wants to come. Well, you haven't made your home a place where people want to come and they don't, they don't see that connection. So it's, uh, you know, it's important to kind of delve into all those spaces. Yeah. 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 um, Well, I can offer a general organization tip uh, or best practice I, I have found helpful as it relates to both cleanliness and organization. And, um, you know, I would say that oftentimes when people become disorganized or they're just messy, I notice that they tend to be very fast, right? Like there's this lack of mindfulness going on, or there's Ooh, this yes. lack of like lack of intentionality that that's there. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> I have found that the more we could practice bringing intention into our moment, you know, if you know, whatever it is, whatever the room is that we're trying to create that space or create a system um, or even just cooking and stuff like that and, and being organized through the process and cl- clean through the process, it requires a level of mindfulness of intention that if your mind's somewhere else right if you're trying to do something clean your clean your house but you're thinking i gotta do this i gotta do that i gotta go here and you're all over the place that is going to reflect in the way you clean or organize and so i would say a best practice tip would be practice mindfulness practice bringing intention into your space Um, and even things like think about your five senses, you know, um, I'm big on smell, right? People who come in my house, they know I'm always running a diffuser or fresh flowers, trying to elevate the energy in the place through smell or texture, or, um, you know, you want to think in terms of that, like, what do you see? What are the colors? Are there color, you know, colors that for you are comfortable colors, um, smells, you know, what's playing? Is there music? Are there birds that you hear? You know, think, I I like to to think in terms of all five senses, you know, creating space, creating Mm -hmm. the space. And in that way, it becomes fun. You know, like Saskia, you said, you, you enjoy cleaning, you enjoy organizing. And yeah, when, when we're bringing that level of intention and it's more creative rather than a chore, right? Like where it's like, oh, I can't wait to do this because then I'm going to be able to create space, sound and smell and texture and this and that. It becomes fun rather than like, oh, I got to clean the house. I love that you just said that on, on two levels. One is I absolutely love, you know, like, like, okay. So like my parents will rush, right. And they'll end up breaking something. And then there's a big process. Right. So yes. take your time doing what you need to do and it all works out. Right. Slow I, down. I, right. Exactly. Slow, slow down. down. That's, yep. I mean, even, even uh, this, this COVID thing this year, when people have asked me, you know, what did you learn or wh- how did you, how did you practice mindfulness for me personally? My answer to that is washing my hands for 20 seconds has yeah. been this lovely, peaceful thing. Yeah. It's not a thing to rush through. 
Right. That's a good so point. That's, that's a really good point. Right. Yeah, you don't have to quickly clean and quickly wash your hands and quickly run around and break things and you know and and ruin things. Yep. Take take. I love what you just said. Take your time. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. And and also as a, a generalized um, tip, I will give is to start small. You know, um, with taking your time and just starting small. If you're you know facing a a clutter um, problem in your home, you don't have to just tell yourself, okay, so today I'm just going to declare everything, you know, just right. Exactly. Overwhelm yourself. Yes, exactly. The inside of your purse, you know, you can start there. And, and once you, cause you need small victories, you need small wins. So it's like, if you get the inside of your um, purse organ, um, cluttered free, you um, declutter it and you organize it, then it's like, okay, now I feel much better. I feel like I can go and, and start on, uh, with other things. And also like making it fun, like Steph said, you know, you can set your alarm for like 10 minutes, you know, um, you wake up this morning, you said, okay, for 10 minutes before I do anything else, I am going to declutter one space or one small thing in my home. Start playing music or something, you know, yeah. you, can, you can make it fun and get your body moved. And also you can reward yourself afterward. Okay, after I declutter for that 10 minutes, I'm going to watch um, 30 minutes of my favorite show. Yeah, good point. Um, Very good point. Yep. Yeah, it, it and helps. Just, just practicing it, it, throwing yeah. out one thing, right? Th- right. Practice throwing right. out one thing, like that you agree, mm-hmm. you know, with the household that you know. All right, I guess this isn't really a thing that's <laughs> ever going to be possible to use again, right? right. Like, you to throw away that one thing and then sit on it for a few days, right? You know, sit mm-hmm. on it, the feeling. Like, ooh, am I okay with letting that one item go? And then maybe they realize, oh, you know, my life hasn't changed because that, you know, that old transistor radio isn't here yeah. anymore. Like yeah. life is not over, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it makes me think when we're talking about mindfulness, it makes me think that, you know, that applies to when we place things in our environment. So for example, let's say you have pillows on your couch. And let's say, you know, some pillows have animals on them or maybe wording on the pillow. Well, a person who's intentional, a person who's mindful is going to place that pillow in a way that the animals are facing forward and the words are right side up. A person who's not intentional, who's rushing, 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 you'll notice they'll do things where the pillow is upside down and the words are, you can't even read the pillow or, you know, the, or things are not symmetrical. Like our, our brain, like I learned this, um, years ago, we're like, our minds love symmetry. Symmetry equals beauty in our minds. So when things are symmetrical, they tend to give our brains this sense of, wow, that's more beautiful. So again, when we're being intentional about our space, think in terms of, is it symmetrical? You you know, um, in terms of when we're organizing something. So if we're thinking of pillows, are you putting all the pillows on one side or is there symmetry there? So things like that, like when we think in terms of intention and mindfulness, it's like, it's not just throwing a pillow on a couch because, okay, now it's, now it's on the couch where it should be. And it's not on the floor. It's also going that extra step to make make that space beautiful and inviting and, you know, that kind of stuff. So I love that. And also if I might add, like, um, I'm not, I don't know about you guys, but some, some days you wake up and and you don't, you don't feel like yourself, you know, you feel more stress, you feel more anxious, whatever the feeling is. And sometimes it's, it's helpful to just stop, you know, and look around in your environment 
even in, you know, just in your living room um, and just, just see what it is that is out of place. Even if you're an organized person, you know, something that is out of place, just taking that time to just breathe and just, okay, maybe if I fix this, you'll find that you feel so much better inside. You, you'll be able to get, you know, your day going and, and just feel more, um, more energized that your environment is looking much better. It's, you know, having an environment that is free of clutter, it really help you um, emotionally. It saves you a whole bunch of time, you know, um, and it, it, set, it set you up for success, whether it's in your, your business, whether it's in your um, ah. spiritual life, your, you know, in everything else, it, it saves you money also, you know, like if you don't have to spend so much money looking for, you know, going to buy things that you already have, you know, like um, right. it, it helps you in so many ways. So just, just keep that in mind. If you're listening right now, it's like having your space organized it's, it, it does more to you for you than just having a pretty, you know, place. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and Excellent. you bring up a good point because it, it doesn't matter if your personality is minimalist or, you know, cozy. I want things around me. That's all both okay. But what you need to do is if you want a bunch of stuff around you, you still need to know where it is. Exactly. You need to know how to access it or, Mm -hmm. you know, or it has to have, as Stephanie said, an intention. You know, I have all these, you know, blankets or pillows around me because it, it looks beautiful or there's an intention, but it can't just be a pile of crap that you can't sort through. That's right. Exactly. Yep. Right. Yep. Well, this is great. This has been an excellent show. I think we've uh, shared a lot of helpful insights with people. Um, so Saskia, I am going to give our listeners the name of your company and website one more time. So if anybody out there wants professional help or assistance, uh, they can reach out to you. So your website is outwardinorganizing.com and your company is Outward and Organizing. And I think you mentioned, Saskia, that you also offer virtual services. I don't know if you want to make a brief mention of that for those maybe with COVID going on who might want to hire you and they're not in Florida or they want social distancing. Mm. Do you want to maybe share a little bit about that? Yes, definitely. Um, so my uh, virtual services, they are for anyone who, yeah, like Stephanie said, doesn't live in um, my area or doesn't want anyone to come into their home. Um, I, I have a plan, a, a guide set in place to work with you where it's like you have your own, you know, professional organizer there with you, but not physically there, you know, like I'm, I will be there, um, guiding you through every step of the process, creating a plan for you and, um, you know, really teaching you and how to get, you know, get organized and maintain your place after we are done. You know, um, it's also, it's, it's, it's helpful for you to receive that service. If you're able, if you're someone who's, um, a do it yourself kind of person. So, even if you do live, you know, in the area, you can get my help physically. But if you just want someone there, you know, um, virtually just guiding you and not, you know, so much as being there, that service is, is it's here to help you. Excellent. And you have your pricing online and we will link the um, website below. So we'll list the website below so people can link right to your website in the description. 
Yes, perfect. My pricing is online. And any question that you do have, um, my phone number is there. Email, everything is there for you. Fantastic. What a great service right now when people yeah. may be even more resistant to having someone coming coming into their house. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is understandable. Not everyone is feel, you know, comfortable to have, you know, some people yeah. are just embarrassed and, and it's okay. You know, that's why we're we're here. We have that service available for you. And we'll 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 hold your hand even through, you know, <laughs> through a screen, I guess. Yeah. Um, and you're affordable too. I think that's something I want to say. I, I did look at your website, Saskia, I looked at your pricing and I would say it's affordable. So, See, yeah. I would think I would need somebody here with me because you would say virtually throw that out and I would say sure, <laughs> I'll throw it out and then I put it aside. <laughs> so I would the two way, to it. Michelle, I, Cheryl, I, I would have to come over and yeah. <laughs> you on following through. <laughs> I would definitely make sure that someone is already there for you, grabbing it's those stuff and throwing away. It's yes. a village. Trust me, you won't well, just throw something away and then I'll let you do it. No. Well, Michelle, looking at that photo of your drawer that you said, I think it is, I think it is gonna take a village. <laughs> and that's just no. one drawer. You gotta see the other one. No, so, uh, Michelle, I would call this is what I call my mother. I I, I use the word clutter bug. Yeah. Clutter bug. You know, you're just a clutter bug. You, you just like to collect. But, you know, it's not, you know, hoarding, of course, is more of a serious illness. But yeah, Michelle, yeah, I'm coming over. I'm on my way okay. down to Florida. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, Michelle, where, where do you live? Are you I'm in, in Tamarack. I'm, I'm in Tamarack. Okay. Border, yeah, border of Coral Springs. Where are you? I'm in Florida. <laughs> yeah, but where, what part? I'm in um, Palm Beach, uh, okay, so West Palm area. Yeah. Oh, West Palm. Okay. That's- about forty minute ride, not too bad. Oh, Michelle, right. I can, yeah, Michelle. I'm up north right now, but when I move back down, I know. Florida, I'm going to have you come over. Yeah, <laughs> that would be great. And Michelle, if you're just forty minutes away, honestly, that's great. <laughs> okay, that All is right. that is go. great. That you is. can have me hands on. Okay. <laughs> oh, look at that! Look at that! <laughs> But, but to wrap up, I, I do love the idea of you need someone to like, you know, if, if you have a problem with clutter or hoarding, you definitely need someone to kind of come in and kind of take mm-hmm. command of the situation, even yes. with the way of letting the hoarder know that they're in control. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's yeah. it's a it's a skill. Um, but yes, there, as Saskia said, there needs to be maintenance, ongoing maintenance. Otherwise, it'll go right back. Yeah. So. And honestly, to mention, um, I, I also do provide maintenance service, you know, for mm-hmm. anyone who, who even needs that help, you know, like, hey, I, I would I, thank you for the service that you provided me. I know how to maintain it, but I just don't have the time. I provide that also. OK, well, then I can come into your home um, this time of the month or as many times as you want me to come in just to, like, make sure everything is always, you know, yes. organized and neat. Yeah, that's great. They'll they'll just let it rot, you know, for years. So if there's a maintenance program, then it could be fine. But Mm. even for businesses, I I could see that being helpful too, Saskia. Yeah, it's definitely for businesses also. Any offices, you know, that you need help with, I am here for you. Nice. All right. Well, Saskia, again, we, we loved having you on our show. So thank you so much for taking yeah. your day and your time. To Saskia, share thank you. you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You guys are awesome. <laughs> All right.